I am unashamed. What about you? This past weekend, we had a, uh, I'll call it a, a uh, Corona quarantine survival party uh, at my house because you had the Corona run through. You know, my son got it, Reed, and he, but he didn't even know. I didn't know that. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Yeah, he got it. But he's like, you know, not much happened. But what's weird is now he has to quarantine for 14 days. Right. Well, his wife, who works at a hospital, which you think, well, that's where he got it. Well, she hadn't got it. And Reed said, trust me, if you can transmit it, she should have it. <laughs> so I, I, I figured what that meant. Yeah, he's are. like, she has no signs. And So anyway, so we got everybody together. Uh, everybody had to go there two weeks, Tony and Phyllis. Tony and Phyllis stayed at our house, and then I got it sanitized and came home. I stayed at the beach two weeks. So we had to say, well, we're going to have a party because we, you know, we survived this thing. You know, we need to get back together. You know? so, we, so Jay smoked us a, a tenderloin, which was delicious, and we had a great time. So Phyllis and Tony asked us about uh, Granny, your mom, being on The Price is Right if we still had that recording of her oh. being on The Price is Right. And so Anna said, yeah, I got it on a DVD. So we watched it. We, we, you know, that was our... How hard did you laugh? Oh, my goodness. And I'd forgotten how crazy our Uncle Harold was. He had an LSU shirt on there. I don't know if you remember this. Well, yeah. And he's running around on the stage. He's going, LSU, LSU. Because they had all these college kids there. You know, represent- It was college kid day. Yeah, exactly. And there's our granny who was like... 65? Oh, no. 70? She was 84. Oh, 84. She was 84. Had a big and hat. One. Yeah. Oh, well, that was... Well, so- here's what's interesting. I She halfway raised me, and while we were down here getting everything sorted, and they lived right beside us, and I couldn't even understand her. She was so country <laughs> on the... Prices, right? I'm, oh, I'm like, running it was, back, what'd she say? It was so bad. I, yeah. And I, I had forgotten how bad it was compared to everybody else. She, she said 1,200, Bob. Yeah, you know? They would just hold up a little jar of pickles. You know, how much is that? You know, and Ma would say $2.79. And yeah. bingo, that's what it was. I said, Ma, how did you know what all those little old things cost? Well, because all she did every morning was watch The Price is Right. Well, so she here said, was, I've been watching The Price is Right. Here was what was interesting. So this is way back. She is, won cars. and Well, she won both showcases, which is very rare. Yeah, we figured it out. It was, uh, I, think, like I think it was 1999. I can't remember How exactly. Much? It was like forty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 Well, yeah, it was a lot. So, so, But here's what happened. So she gets called down early on the first half of the show, if you're familiar with The Price is Right, you know, you get three up on the first half and three up on the second half. Well, she goes all the way through, and they, they kept scalding her because she, she would have good bids, but they'd go $1 over. If they go $1 over, you, you, there's no well, way. you can't you, go over. That's right. The price is so right. she was just getting scalded. And it was so funny because later when we were talking to Granny about it, she, I said, what about that little, there was some guy had a shirt that was he had had since he was a kid that had prices Right. And he was just crazy acting. I said, what about that kid? What was the story with him? She said, oh, he was so obnoxious and despisable. And then she said, and then the other one, she just kept over a bit. But, you know, she was just like, she was like, she was serious. So she finally gets up on the last one. The, the guy scalded another guy with the $1 over. So she, she wins it to get on stage. And then, like you said, she just blitzed it. I mean, like, she played the mountain yeah, she climber she didn't game. just win. She dominated. dominated. It was a dominating performance, yeah, which... But- we didn't say this, but she called her shot 
back here, she called Harold because she knew he was the only one crazy enough to actually go along with this plan. <laughs> to but take she her said, out come there. get me because I'm going to go win the Price is Right. I'm not going to go be on the Price is Right. I'm going to go win it. She went Babe Ruth. And She's- he's like... Okay, what time you may pick you up? You know, I mean, so she had to, well, Harold had a lot in common with Cy, but it, he was just a more sophisticated on the outside, but just as crazy. A sophisticated uh, Silas. <laughs> yep. That's right. That's what he was. And uh, he's he's passed away now, so we can talk about him. But he, but he, he took her, he and Mary, my cousin John, who lives out in California now, and they took her and she blitzed it. She went a, a trip to Fort Lauderdale during spring break, which she didn't take because you'd have to fly back to L.A. She won two yeah. cars. Well, it's kind of funny when an 84-year-old woman goes she to spring break. She won quite a break. bit of cash. She, she won two cars, and she won money, and then she won a full uh, set of, like, a, a refrigerator, stove, like a full kitchen. Do you know what I noticed, too, Al, is when the tax ban showed up, you know, when you think, only you watch these game shows. No, this, that's what's really sad. It's not something you think about. Because you're like, oh, they won 50000 They're rich. now. Yeah, like a week later, there's... Oh, uh, she had to s- she had to sell one of the two cars to pay, for to the, pay taxes. the taxes on all the stuff she won. Yeah. Which, I mean, just think about how ridiculous. This is an 84-year-old woman, lifelong Doesn't dream. Matter, when the, I mean, it's it really makes me mad. Every At time least I can that. say my mother... She did win outright the prize. So, right. so that's what that's what got me to thinking. I thought when I look back at the Robertson fan, some of the things, some the most surreal things we've experienced. I mean, like that's just random. That was before we ever we had a TV show. Or, but I thought about she should have got taken the spring break trip with all the kids, and they that would have been the first TV show in our family. <laughs> that's right. That would have been must see oh TV. Goodness. With yeah. her going around just because my grandma is like uh, one of her sons that I won't mention that has no sensor or filter. He will say whatever <laughs> it comes right. to his mind. I don't want to say say who it is because I want to embarrass him. <laughs> but whatever Ooh. she's thinking, she said it. She did, and she didn't hold back. She just when she was talking about my little friends, you know, Bill Phillips. She said, "Oh, he's the most repulsive person I've ever met." Well, she said, <laughs> and to she his said face. to his face, "Get that hat off, you obnoxious person." <laughs> well, they come in, <laughs> and because she would always fix a plate for a stranger, which was awesome. Yep. that was great. But then when the stranger would come in, like W.E., she'd be like, "Get that hat off, or I knock it off." <laughs> he's like. Well, you, yes, ma'am, well, you know what's funny is, Jay, so everybody has a, like, our cousins, especially like the Dashers and all them, the people that just were around Granny a couple of times a year, they come in for, you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas, they just thought she was mean, and, I mean, they right. still say that. They don't, they don't, they never well, got close to her. she came across as mean. Well, well we, if, we lived with her. Yeah, if you knew her, it's just the way it was. It's just the way it was. It was just. That's it, why we're not the most compassionate people in the world <laughs> by right. nature. That's right. Because we learned it from a granny. Well, and yeah, she's a tough woman. She you know was. I mean? she's but so tough. Phyllis was just watching it and thinking, this is so. Because think about it. She doesn't know. She never had a chance to know granny. And she's sitting there the whole time saying, I can't believe this is my my grandmother. You know, she's watching her. And of course, you know, she just saw that one slice of her. Ball made it to 96. 96. She yeah. did. But Jace, I thought about you being on the you and uh, Missy and Willie and Corey presenting at the CMA. I mean, I just I, I think about some of the yeah, crazy we, things we have that a have Christmas album that went platinum, and we you know, all set. People introduce me on some of these speaking deals, and they're like, "Had an album that went platinum," but people are looking around like, "What? Dude. What? That, he must have misspoke." That's right. You yeah. know, they 
Yeah. And then we yeah. had somebody a, called me and said, We're going to do an album. I said, A what? What kind of album? They said, You know, a singing album. I said, Phil, that was me. Uh, yeah, I, I said y'all. I Somebody, said y'all have gone. Com- I said y'all have gone completely nuts. No, well, we're going back to the big studio. I mean, and I, I find myself singing with George Strait, who Thank I did. I've never met him. But You're they, had, they had me talking to George Strait. They had pictures yeah. of me standing with George Strait. You know why? I've never seen George Strait. You know why? Because George Strait liked you. That's right. They went, look, Willie and Corey. And, By the and way, Missy. unashamed audience, you need to go find it. What's it called? Uh, Duck the Halls? Duck the Halls. You need to find you this Christmas CD. It's amazing. You watch right. that Axis TV on how long it took these rock and roll groups <laughs> to do an album. Well, when they called about the album, I'm not kidding. Two weeks later, I've I've never I, I I can't even carry a tune in a bucket, so I get up there. But Phil, <coughs> you mainly just talk. And I asked it. the old ramrod from Nashville, <coughs> and I said, "Do you actually think getting this bunch of rednecks together, you think you're going to sell anything?" He said, "It'll go platinum." I well, said, he was right. "Buddy, can look." Yeah. I, I, said, hey, I said, "Buddy, what? Buddy has said, produced." Now, what exactly? He said, "That's just high." Well, you sell a million, co- million, million copies of it. He so I, awesome. I thought it was look. a big joke, but that old guy <laughs> was dead serious. And I looked up, and it did go platinum. And it's I'm really, thinking, I'm, I'm serious. It's really good. I was shocked at how good it is. Well, what Buddy said on first day, I mean, because we, we made made a lot of connections because Willie, you know, through Buck Commander. It's a lot of the his friends are country music singers. That's right. Luke, uh, and Brian. you know, there's jokes about it. They're like, you know, in the country music world, if you can sing, great, but it's optional. Let's face it. <laughs> Tell right. me I'm about just it. Being honest, <laughs> I mean, it's more about branding yep. who you are. But Buddy, on the first day, because my wife, you know, everybody knows Missy. She's, She's a singer. She, she can sing. She can sing. And, uh, and my son, yeah, really, Reed, the only and, ones that can sing is your wing. Well, my son, it. Reed, I mean, he can sing the phone book. Yep. Just give mm-hmm. it to him and look out. And so when he got up, we got up there, and I was like, I was kind of like you because Willie and Missy, basically, Willie's like, I'll take care of the business side of it. Y'all take care of the singing side. So Missy and Buddy worked together. Yep. They came up with the songs. And, and so Missy's a, bull, the, is a bulldog about it. Yeah. Too, but I said, what do you th- actually think this will work? And he's like, oh, y'all actually have some talent. He's like, this is going to be awesome. And so I was thinking, really? And guess what? We To this day, we still sell a ton they, with no marketing. or They're even talking about. Well, how come if that's I, true, why don't I get a check every <laughs> once in a while? You got, here's what happened. Because I noticed you know, when y'all, Jay said, mm-hmm. we're going to take care of the business side. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I kept waiting for the big check from the platinum record. I never saw it. Well, so Kay, Kay got it. Kay got I was it. there just for. <laughs> no, here's what happened. Everyone who participated. Are there any money in this? I said, no, you got to sell a million copies. You might make a little. I think I'm you like, got the no. business. We sold a million. I think you million. got the business okay. end of I the business. I still didn't make it. This was not planned. No, no, you made something. Everybody who. Participated in the album, got a check. You had a check. So Kay got that check, and you never, you received payment for your involvement. Yeah. But the four owners of the company, (laughs) Missy, Jace, Willie. That's where the big bucks went. 
Well, we, we took the risk. <laughs> we put the money in. Oh it. boy, this I never knew that this has turned out to be quite the revealing Ooh, episode. I would here. love I to take credit for that being my idea, but Willie said, Here's boy, how this you is loaded going now, y'all sold up platinum record. I'm like, ain't no money. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, there was some money somewhere, but it didn't come out. No, it didn't your come way. my That's... way. Well, you got paid, you just your uh, wife spent it. They probably yeah, we probably spent that quick. Let's take a break. So my point is, and also another surreal moment was we all flew to Las Vegas and had a musical with Broadway actors and singers that was actually incredible. Wouldn't you say that, Jay? I mean, I thought it was good, but it lasted about a week, it, about a and, month, uh, actually about a uh, month. It, yeah. Nobody, it's, it's the best musical nobody ever saw. But here's what I learned about that: it's because I've been to a bunch of musicals because my wife, she's a musical person. Yeah. Now, I, did I enjoy them? No. The only one I liked was the one about us. Yeah. Well, that was the death nail. Because all these ones <laughs> I didn't like, they're <laughs> famous. They're, That's you know, the ones people, everybody goes to. This is hot, hallowed ground. They cost $100 just to go see. Right. Somehow so, we got blackballed on that one. No, well, we didn't get blackballed. It's like if you make something that redneck-type people like, it's not fit for but the But Dad musical, is right. There, there was an that ele- audience. There was an element because. Oh, I really don't believe. I, I don't, I, it that, is. It's not that crowd. They, they don't. No, but I just from knowing know, behind the scenes, <clears throat> because Dad had had some dust ups with certain communities that that are very involved in in, in, in musicals, and I, I think that's why we. Why would they send us to Vegas? Who, who I mean, to, we weren't a Vegas show. Who goes to musicals? Do you go to musicals? I go to musicals when I go I to New no York. I have no idea. I, I okay. enjoy musicals. No. You're an exception to the rule. Phil would never. I'm not going unless my I go wife. Because like my wife, who likes musicals, she she looked at it and said, it's too shallow. But what you I know? liked about it, <clears throat> so, what I liked about the storyline uh, was basically it was, of course, it was, it was told from Will and Corey's perspective of their book, which is kind of how they met. And so they were kind of the, the core story was their love story, but then they had a great thing with Cy, which was hilarious. This it was called "Ladies Man" was the name of the song, and this actor singer that played him was he looked a lot like him. He was great, and then but the the because that's true. People don't realize that people there's women out there who are in love with Cy. That's you know right. He's married, right? And uh, well, I see it every time I go on a trip. There are women who literally scream and holler oh, yeah. and now cry. That, that is scary. <laughs> but true. I can't figure it out. <laughs> but true. I think all of this, what you said, though, I mean, because to me, God chose a bunch of, you know, people that look like us and, and said, oh, I'm going to share but Jesus s- through them. So all these opportunities came. I, and, and this is my opinion on what happened to try to explain, because it's not like we did it. Right. I mean, it all just. I mean, like my grandma said, I'm going to go on the prices right. That's got to be the luckiest thing. If you just looked at it from people's perspective, how, you know, one, you got to get picked and you drive out there. Then you got to get up. Then she won. Then she won both. I mean, it's just like, it's got to the luckiest what, thing I've ever seen. In my that's life. what got me thinking about it. And, and then on the musical, Dad, the, the core part of the, the gripping, because, you know, they're, they're doing acting and seeing, you know, musicals have a story. Well, they show the scene, they have a scene where basically you come to your senses, like 
You know, they showed that. That was part of the thing. You had a Bible, and, you know, they're, they're, they're hamming it up. But, and you met the guy that played you, remember? The, we flew somewhere with him. I don't remember. Well, and so, and he was pretty good. But so he just throws the Bible. He's like, I'm not, I'm not doing anything with this God. You know, just, it was really like watching the acting was amazing. So they were taking basically your life before you were a Christian and condensing it into that one scene. And then finally, you basically drop to your knees. And you're just like, I got to change my life. And then you even say, the one playing mom is like, will you forgive me? <clears throat> and she said, yes. I mean, I, we're all in tears. Like, you know, it was yeah, amazing. I, that's why I liked it. But I think that's why it didn't work. Well, maybe so. <clears throat> They've talked about trying to revive it at some point. I think Willie's trying to get ownership of it. Maybe because in Branson or someplace like that, it'd probably work. Like, well, you know, but I yeah, mean, it, it I was a Broadway idea. level. If you make a redneck musical. Go find some cater, rednecks. Find some rednecks who will watch it. Yep. You know, you go to Vegas. Uh, well, people go to Vegas to. We may di- not be. We may be outside the circle of the of the musical crowd. You think? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, but we so I'm leaning. We platinum with the country music you know? is our audience. You see what I mean? That's right. This people hunt and fish. That's a, it's a little different. I think they could rework it in. In a Branson audience, and, and it could work. As long as I, I don't have it. to be in it, I do. I, I do. There was some. I have some special friendships with some people that worked on that musical. Uh, that because you know the, what what really was shocking about meeting them is when we met all the characters who played it. Of course, they had been in oh uh, all kinds of stuff. What's the one? Wicked. With, with, one of them. Yeah, Wicked. What kind of, uh, one of them that played Corey is in Wicked right now. Yeah, that's right. We just uh, saw her. What's her name. Uh, uh, I can't remember. Well, I had a I'm brain cramp. But she's awesome. She's a great And look, person. every time my wife goes to New York, they either go eat lunch with yep. each other. And they they have a you know great friendship. But what's weird is the first time I met them, when we walked into Willie's old house, they were all in there, and they sang some of the songs a cappella. And I was like, well, I'll tell you one thing. They can sing. <laughs> It was moving. Oh, these, these it was people. hair standing up <laughs> on the back of your neck, just their voices. So the one yeah. that so the one that played Lisa, it and this is an amazing story. She so we met him we met him in Vegas this first night, all the ones that played us. And uh there was you know, the guy that played me and the guy that played Lisa. And the guy the the lady that played Lisa, she's young, so she was a young Lisa, you know, in the thing, is is a, is from the Steinbrenner family. Her grandpa was George Steinbrenner who owns the Yankees. Huh. And so it was really interesting but you know she used to, she she didn't wasn't going by any name. She was trying to make her own way in Broadway herself and she's a very talented singer. And but we we developed a friendship that still goes to this day just like what Jay said. Every time we go to New York her name is Haley. We look her up and she met her husband. Her husband is a is a talent agent. She met him at our musical. Hmm. The guy she's married to now, which is really amazing. So he was he was the he was the director's agent, and that's yeah. how they met. Now they have a, a daughter together. It was just really incredible. We still are close to them. We went to Tampa to do an event. We actually went to lunch with her mom, who's Steinbrenner's daughter. Wonderful, awesome people, and well, you know all that came about. And that's why I'm saying I just thought about all these surreal moments. But that's I mean, why us I'm meeting saying. the president. I mean, just think about stuff that's happened. And you look at it, you think we're just a bunch of you know rednecks down here on the river. Yeah, but I, I think, mean, God I has think, opened up some doors. I, I think he has. It, Jenna Claire Mason was the girl yeah, in, in Wicked. She is one of the, my favorite human beings on the planet. And she, she is talented. She, she's awesome. So pretty amazing stuff. I mean, that all of it. It's just uh, I just it got me thinking. 
when when I was watching The Price is Right of what God has done, and we give him all the credit and the glory for that, by the way, too. So interesting stuff. Y'all ready to get into John? John 13, that's where we left off, <coughs> if we have a place where we leave off, because we tend, if you hadn't noticed for a viewer, we tend to ramble a bit, but we're, <laughs> we we end up back on Jesus, because that We don't get far fuel. away from Jesus, because that's a good thing. Yeah. And the Bible, because we love it. So last time, we talked about leading up to this night, which is the night before Jesus is going to be arrested. And a lot of interesting stuff happens. <clears throat> we kind of laid out the beginning point, which is him washing the feet of his disciples, which, as we discussed last time, is such a moving, powerful thing. And, and, and it shadows the cross in that he cleanses us, he does the work, it Right. You know, it was his plan through love, and, and this, you're seeing the the depth of Jesus's love. Meanwhile, he has one one of his you know close knit core group members, Judas, who's going to betray him, and he knows it. And you have the evil one there present, which is amazing to me because if this is a shadow of the cross, that that God's love is that deep in that. You know, in Romans 5 says that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Right. Even the betrayers, even those who wouldn't embrace it, you know, he, he gave his life for everyone. I mean, that that's an amazing, talking about a Broadway musical, this love story trumps all love stories. Which is why I think John mentions that with him. Let's, let's take another break. Being in debt is no good. In fact, the Bible says... Neither a borrow nor lender be was was Solomon's. Leave no debt left outstanding. Exactly. And yet, people struggle. Uh, certainly Lisa and I have in our younger life because you tend to want to live beyond your means. You know, Or use a coronavirus. Or something hits, I mean, right? You know, Things beyond some your... Some people just... So there's a lot of different reasons to be in debt, but we all understand we don't want to be there. So one of our uh, sponsors uh, is a company called Bills.com. And one of the things they do is they give you a debt assessment, and it's free, uh, just to help you figure out where to start. Because there's a lot of young families, a lot of young people, they may have student loan debt and all this stuff piled up, and you're like, how do I begin? Because if you're under the mountain of debt, it, it's very suffocating because I've been there before. So we want you to go check these guys out. They've, uh, they've helped a lot of people. They've settled over $10 billion in debt, part of the Freedom Financial Network. So go check these guys out at Bill's dot com slash fill that's bills.com slash fill they're going to give you a free debt assessment and get you started to get some freedom so yeah i want i want to get into that i want to unwrap that jace because so we we find out first that we read before that satan is prompting him was the way john put it and then later <clears throat> when we get down so jesus when we get to verse 18 well, and that's why I brought up the 30 pieces of silver and the advertising campaign. I brought it into modern-day America. That's right. If you remember. Because I was like, there's a little deceit going on to make money. Right. And in this case, you have one of Jesus' close friends, his followers, betray him over what? 30 pieces of silver that he eventually threw back. Out of guilt. And killed himself. That's right. He, he, that was a terrible. He, he, didn't, he plan. didn't die well either. No, no, it was ugly. But down the cliff, just intestines were hanging out. What, yeah, it, that's it an axe. Oh, it, axe it's like a rated it. R description 
of what happened. He hanged himself, it fell it, down, split his gut open. And which tells you something that even being that close to that much power to the Son of God and all the miracles and all of that, and Judas there watching the whole thing, but if it's just a sneakiness about him, he's see, he was the money keeper, right? Kind of shove, slicking a little bit on the money, little little stuff, right? You know, but you could tell he he was uh, he's a little corrupt. But well, the that, prompting up there. But one, of the, I, I've told many a person, I said this is scary. Yeah, I want to, when we I want start to get talking into about the evil one. As soon he said, uh, uh, "Who who is it?" Lord, who, which one of us is going to do it? I mean, what, they're looking well, around he like... he said the one who dips his bowl is the one who's good. There's somebody, he made an announcement. One of y'all is going to betray me. Yeah, and when he said that, dipping the piece of bread, he said, the one I give this bread to, he's the man. Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. That entered into him... Is a frightening it's, thing. It's one of the scariest texts that I've ever read in the Bible. Yep. I'm like, boy, when that when you do something and this happens, Satan enters you, it is it is everybody is controlled by the evil one. That's what Paul told Timothy. Well, he and, said and the you, whole you, world. You gently instruct them in the hope that God will grant them repentance. They'll come to their senses and escape. From the trap yep. of the devil who's taken them <clears throat> captive to do his will. But in this case, Jesus let it slide. He he let him he let him he let him well, go. Well that because it fulfilled his plan. And even yeah. and even yeah. the even the verse up in eighteen, he said the reason he did the whole bread thing was that was a fulfillment of a prophecy from Psalm forty one. He who shares my bread has lifted up his heel against me. That was a messianic prophecy prediction but, but no, no. from hundreds of years yeah. earlier. I mean, now, wait a thousands. minute. He could have forced this issue at any point. Yeah. He could have just turned Jesus into a... If you can raise somebody from the dead, you can also that also means that you can turn someone into mist in less than a second. That just is like, correct. Pss. But he wanted to do it because of his love. The whole plan, because God is love. So that's why I tend to always lean toward love and grace, because I know that's a characteristic he chose instead of judgment and force. I mean, I told you the other day we were having a debate, because I live some in Austin, Texas, and feels like, well, there's some liberals down there. And I was like, oh, yeah, I saw them. They're protesting here and there down in downtown Austin. I said, but you know what the worst encounter I had when I was in Austin was a religious nut. We were on a little <laughs> tour. He pulled up in a car and he's like, the judgment of hell is coming on all of you. And he started, you know, calling us homosexuals. And I, I was there with my wife. I was like, well, I love Jesus. You know, and he was oh hell fire. Then he started dropping F-bombs. Oh my God. And I was like, <clears throat> what part of that? Well, you missed that part about the coarse joking and the uh, filthy language. And, yeah, and think so, about the, the dichotomy of that. How, how, do you, how do you square those two up? Which it was kind of surreal. Cause yeah. I, and it was actually frightening, you know, because I didn't have a weapon 
and and he was re- being really belligerent. I mean, I mean, like Missy was like grabbing my hand, you know, because <laughs> it was when someone just comes up and his eyes are crazy, and he's so like, I, I, I witnessed that at the at the uh, Trump inauguration. It was already chaotic. There were protesters everywhere. We because we were trying to get out of there. Y'all had a ride out. We had to walk out. And I mean, then these guys have these big megaphones and they're just doing the same thing and they got all these judgments. But it just created an environment of fear and chaos. And I just thought, this is not the way to reach people, I don't think. I mean, you're, you're, well, Al, they're they're just, to me, it's no different than this. There's some betrayal that's gone on and they're sincerely mistaken, maybe, but you're terrorizing the planet and humans. Nobody, Right. And plus, they're not sharing Jesus, and they're not reading. It sure didn't John, look like this picture. They're not reading John thirteen. I can tell you that <laughs> it didn't I, look. Like I heard this that guy, and I'm like, Jesus not dropping f bombs in between judgment and hell, sir. But you know, and we've talked about it on the podcast. The only time you saw Jesus that animated, and and you could tell he was upset was towards religious leaders. Yeah. I mean, the rest of it, he had just sinners, and I mean, he was gentle and. and Taught them about love. And, That's why know. I always tell everybody. I'm more sad than I am yeah. mad. Yeah. Well, I tell everybody, You at some point, every person has to take one of the Gospels and read it for themselves and form an opinion on who God is in Jesus. Because if you just base it on being with some group or you get that contagion that that guy was spewing all this you know, judgmental hate. It, it was judgmental hate speech is what it was. There was, I was like, where's the bridge? Where's the bridge home? Cause you burned it. I mean, <laughs> he was like, to- everybody's burned. I, mean, I don't, most of what he said, but he was driving a car. So the law had, unless he was driving it illegally. Cause I thought this guy needs, he doesn't need to be driving around downtown Austin. Look, and I know he picked on our guy cause he had long hair. And he saw me, didn't like the way I looked either. <laughs> so he was hammering us. And uh, I thought, man. He's like, dude, you don't even know me. He don't, well, that's what our God was saying. But then our God, I'm pretty sure he wasn't following Jesus because he just responded with every four-letter word in the book. and Because uh, he was like, get on out of here, you crazy blankety-blank, you know, get away. I mean, And they we're all just looking around. I'm like. Okay, maybe I shouldn't be here. <laughs> well, people have asked, some of our podcast listeners have asked me about, you know, remember a few months back when Seattle has, was having Chaz and all that, and some some guy went in there and was trying to pre- preach to them all. He just decided he was going to wade in with some Jesus, and they just beat the fire out of him, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so they were there's, asking- one, there's <laughs> one here that's going to betray Jesus. Right after that, another one. Had been there from the beginning. Peter, he denies that he even knows him. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and then Jesus is talking about the comeback. I'll be with you just a little longer. <clears throat> then I'm out of here. He's talking about the comeback. Right. So, in the midst of all that, you would think this is not looking good because we got them. We got them standing up and selling Jesus out on one hand. The other one says, I don't even know who he is. I mean, don't be blaming me. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, let's take a break. So uh, our, our she's not a new sister. She's a newfound sister. That's what we're calling her now. And my brother-in-law, we were talking the other day about insurance because they just made the move down here. And so they're trying to figure out 
you know, how do we, how do we figure out insurance prices, all these different things like this. And so we were talking to him. We said, well, you know, we got a guy. And then I said, well, you know what? One of our sponsors uh, is exactly what you need to do. It's called Gabby Insurance, G-A-B-I. And basically they go in and they, they check all the different, you know, companies and rates and all that stuff. And they just give you the best rate you know, and say, here's the people you need to go with. So as far as I know, that's what they're doing. And so we want you guys to check it out too. On average, they save $825 a year for everybody that uses them. So they've got a good track record. They help a lot of people. So it's totally free to check your rate. No obligation. You go to Gabby.com, G-A-B-I.com slash unashamed. That's G-A-B-I.com slash unashamed and get you some insurance prizes. You know, so, what's, so, what, what's amazing, too, Phil, is you bring that up, is Peter actually said at the end, he said, uh, when Jesus said, uh, what did he say? He said, where I am going, you cannot follow. Yeah. He said in verse 36, but you'll follow. Hey, Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you? But here's what the key statement, he said, I'll lay down my life for you. And Jesus was like, ha, ha, you're fixing to deny me three times. But <laughs> yeah. how many times have you seen that in relationships in the church? People are like, oh, give my life for them. You know, I've, I've seen married couples like the husband say, I mean, I, I told her I'd, I'd, I'd die for her. I was like, well, where was that attitude when you were sleeping with this other woman? It, it's like yeah. Why don't you live your life it? is not? But it's kind of like Peter. You get caught up in the emotion of everything, right. and in those moments, we say things that are not true. You're, you're not giving your life for. You're saying, "Oh, I'll give my physical. I'd rather be dead." Because then what? It's over. You don't have to deal with anything. So you can just make this random statement. But I don't believe you that you'll give your life for if you won't even give her your life now. Right. What's yeah. interesting is when Peter said, "You know, I'll give my life for you." Jesus said, no, I mean, before it happened, uh, no, you'll deny me three times, you. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, Which I wonder it's what he meticulously thought. scripted so I, I just wonder what he thought in that moment, because you know he was thinking, there's no way I would do that. Now, Jesus is telling him, and, you know, but he's thinking in his mind, you know, he's still thinking, I, there's, like Jay said, he's, he's thinking, oh, boy, do you ever have this wrong? Which is why I think, He's the one that took the sword out and cut off the guy's ear at the moment because he just thought, I'm going to show Jesus. Yeah. We're, we're going to fight this out if that's what happens. And Jesus is like, no, you but missed Al, the It's the, whole the same point. thing that happens when they say a hurricane's coming. You're like, oh, a hurricane's coming. And I've been, we've been through lots of hurricanes, no big deal. But this last one that came through, now when them trees, I'm talking about big trees, started hammering my house, <laughs> falling in every direction, it it I no longer thought. Oh yeah, I've been through a lot of hurricanes. You know, I'll be fine. You know, I was thinking, pretty pretty sure I'm fixed to die right here, because <laughs> that's what I was Big thinking. Big bull pines start it, falling. It's like when you're in the middle of that, there's right. nothing anybody can say. That's you kind of lose, you know, whatever you had justified thinking it ain't gonna happen to me. It hit me. I thought it's happening, and I was I wasn't fearful, but I was anxious because I thought I'm ready to go. I mean, but. Instead of being stressed out about it, I eventually went to the bed and went to sleep because I just thought if I die, I'd rather just be dead while I'm taking a nap in here. You know, <laughs> I don't want to see the tree fall because I was trying. I was going from one end of the house and then boom, I'd hear nothing fall. I was like, oh, I better go on this side. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. look, that's a lot of people that died 
in that hurricane, yeah. that's how they died. The tree fell across the house. Sure did. So I think he thought the same thing. I'll never, everything's, you know, flowers and fluffies at My this whole point, house but, is surrounded by trees, oh, big trees. But you know, when you get, when you're arrested and there's armed soldiers taking your leader, and well, I you, think it, this I think that's real. I think you, that's what did it is because yeah. Peter and all of them kept thinking, still earthly. They kept thinking, well, he's he's fixing to put us, you know, he's fixing to rise. I mean, because he kept talking about the kingdom. Well, they didn't yeah, get they it. They kept thinking he was going to whoop the army. That's right. right. And then when they arrested him, they thought, what were we thinking? That yeah. guy's an idiot. We're and, all and look, not, die. Only, not only arrested they, him. They never thought during the process he's fixing to save the world. They just didn't that's right. think. That's, that's why I told you surrender is never an option that people see as a way to victory. And neither is service. You're never going to convince people that what you got to do to be successful is go around and wash everybody's feet. They're like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> and they right. say, hey, you want to win? You got to give up. What? It, it doesn't make. That's why there's two hardest things to do as a human being surrender and serve. And those are the two things that he said, this is your path to victory. That's why people say, I'm not following Jesus. I'm out on that. So, I'm not surrendering to anybody. Yep. I'm sure not going to wash your feet. So I made a point last week in my sermon. I was talking about when Lazarus was raised. You know, he has an interesting discussion with Martha, and, and she says, I believe in you. You are the resurrection and the life. You know, she she says, I believe. But then as soon as he goes over and says, take that stone off of there, she says, oh, Lord, you know, he's been in there four days. You don't want to do that. And mm. I, I found that fascinating that her belief was that he could do anything, but in her own mind when it came to actually – rolling the stone away it was like oh he's dead and stinking well, and, right. and i said that's so much how we think and so i said in my sermon i was like jesus then turned around to her and said hold your nose and watch what i'm fixing to do because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know i mean that's what happened but it's that we're so enslaved to the world many people are that it's hard to see jesus and i think it's exactly what happened to, to to peter and you're right the more chaotic that night became because they didn't just arrest him. They immediately started beating the fire out of Jesus. I mean, the, the Jewish guards started first, on yep. it, and then later got to the road. That would be a good bumper sticker. Hold your nose and watch this. And then have <laughs> yeah. the verse under it. Yeah. Hey, there's somebody get on that. <laughs> somebody get out of it. Oh, Hold we get a lot your of marketing nose and, and watch, watch this. this. <laughs> but have it a resurrection verse. Yeah, that's yep. right. Now, if that's not funny but profound it and, is. and yet powerful. That's right. Well, I need to do it because I came up with it. Yeah. Well, I don't want to miss out on the business. I mean, he already looked. Hey, welcome to the club. (laughs) (laughs) We went platinum, and I never knew it. Phil, you're bitter about this. No, I'm not bitter. The check. I just never heard the (laughs) cha-ching. You need to have a meeting when you get home. I never said a word about it. That's been years ago now, but I just. That's funny. You got paid, Phil, but it probably went to Kay and she spent it. I just saw all the rock and rollers rollers trying for the hit, hit, you know. Kansas, the group out there, the great group I love love listening to. Oh, they're good. You know, they finally came up with a hit, you know, wayward. My wayward son. (laughs) And they hit it on that one. And it went platinum, and they were all like, boy, we had a platinum record. They, they were all up there holding the record, you know. But I said, yeah, we went platinum one time. <laughs> <laughs> one time. <laughs> Let's take our last break. So uh, so d- you didn't know this, Dad. The, the lead singer for Kansas, uh, I can't remember his name, he had developed a relationship somehow with Tommy Inman. 
somehow they met. Well, tell them who Tommy Emmett is. Well, we talked about him. He, he I preached know, the but sermon. but this may be the first time they ever listened. He's one of our elders at that's, our church. That's good that Tommy's working with him. Well, he's a great baseball. He's a coach. Yeah, you baseball tell the story. Coach. Where he well, I didn't say he's a coach. No. But he loves the Lord, has a very high-pitched voice and he, that you made fun of. And he teaches uh, Bible at our local Christian school. He's a really great guy. But somehow they connected, and they actually did a song. A Duck Dynasty, it may have been about you. It was about you or Duck Dynasty or something. They never sold it or anything, but they just did it for fun. Where, because, you know, that guy's Steve got pretty Walsh. high. Steve Walsh? I guess so, yeah. Steve Walsh, yeah. lead singer, lead for, singer Kansas. for Kansas. And so they did some song back when the show was going on together, just kind of, you know, Tommy wrote it, but it, he they redid Wayward Son to make something about either you or the family or something. Huh. But I don't know, it never went anywhere. Maybe it was Ducks in the Wind. That, they I think that. that is it. Well, because I saw the songs here, Carry On, Ducks Wayward in the Son, wind. Dust in the Wind, Dust in, in the Wind. wind. They, they, well, they were their, their second big hit. No, but they changed it to Ducks. They changed it to Ducks, Ducks in the Wind, yeah. in the and wind. that was about our family or whatever. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Tommy you know, Tommy was so excited about it. And of course, I, I think they thought they'd probably sell it, but most great ideas about people I had back in those days, you yeah. know, they never quite rose to the level you know, to get there. Um hmm. Said he was a graduate of Christian Brothers High School in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, I think so, he, I think he's a believer. I, well, I think so. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'd assume that, yeah. especially he was a fan of the show. Uh, so back to back to this to sort of wrap up because we don't have much time left um, about Peter. So so Peter denies Jesus three times, and then we find out from the other gospels, which and we'll look at this a little bit later, that basically. You know that the worst feeling in the world was for him to think, because Jesus, you know, dies, and so he's thinking he's never going to see him again. And the last thing he did was deny him three times. I mean, just think about just think about Horrible. the guilt that he would have carried when we get to John twenty, right? Twenty one. Twenty one. Do you have this moment? Yeah, because because that it. Most people, even in the criminal world, they're like mainly because they're cowards. They're like, they do all this crime, and then they're like, well, I'll just kill myself in the end because I don't have to answer. Au contraire. You, you, because it's not over. We all know that. Right. I mean, there's a resurrection of us and the wicked. Yep. There, there's going to be some consequences to this. But you're right. For Peter to have to have this conversation with Jesus, I mean, I just, I feel I almost feel sorry for Peter. I, uh, that would have been well, the most awkward, you, you remember, embarrassing thing ever. Uh, uh, John thirteen thirty five, which we always quote over and over and over. All men, I give you a, a new command: love one another as I've loved you, and just wash their feet. So you must love one another. And this is his parting words, really. All men will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another, he said, "That's that's what it's all going to come down to." Yeah. Well, that right there supersedes the. You know, you look at Judas who betrayed him, and Jesus had said, "I don't know him." He said, "Look, you just got to learn to love." And you know, I but am. You know, love. But you that's know, right. Phil, you bring up a good point. It's like because you brought up we we're making fun about the Christmas album and singing it. Well, we was all family. We got along, which is one reason it was good. Yep. And and the the guest singers that we had. We're fans of the show, or whatever. So it was all a fun venture. Nobody felt like, oh, That's I right. have to go do it. It was all, it was all fun. I even sang a song, you know. It was even in the producing it up there at the, 
in the in the they laughed. Yeah, you know, yeah. It was like one of the best times we ever had doing it. But a couple of years ago, when I Missy and I was doing the worship at our church, and we were formulating a group of people, you know, I remember telling Missy we got an argument because she's the I have zero talent. I mean, in fact, when I sang in front of Mr. Cannon, he said because I we sang the song. And he said, uh, it, what's, tell them what the song was. It was the Baby, It's Cold. Yeah, Cold Outside. outside. That was how I did it. <laughs> Baby, It's Cold Outside. And she's, she's singing like a bird. And, but I sang it at first. I'm not going to do it today. <laughs> I'm not nervous about it. I'm just saying, once you've figured out the best way to do it, I'm not going back. And so I sang it the first time. And he said, uh, Jace, is there anything else you can do? And so I didn't know how to answer that question because I thought, is there anything else I can do in Nashville? Because we were in Nashville. I thought, in Nashville? And he said, no, with the song. And I thought, did I get the words wrong? <laughs> so and, so he, that was a nice way of him saying is, this ain't working. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gathering that. And I said, did I mess the words up? He was trying to protect your feelings. And he said, no. He said, you got the words right. And he, he was kind of thinking, and Missy was staring at the wall, and I thought, Oh, they didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, you, you finally realize we're having an awkward moment yeah, here. Yeah, this is an event. I said, just come on out and say it. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I could have told you this wasn't going to work. I know it was going to work. He said, no, no, it's fine. He said, you got a couple notes, right? So we, we can work off that. That's what he said. I said, what if I just, it's kind of a flirtatious song. I said, what I'm really good at, and I'm not good at singing. I said, I'm good with flirting with my wife because I've, you know, I gave him a little funny speech i was like i put all my passions toward one woman for life so i i said why don't i just flirt with her and talk to her he said let's try that it was like here's another idea so we did and, it. So and he's thinking anything's better than what we just did yeah. he didn't say that so she starts singing i'm like baby it's it's cold outside. <laughs> well that and look we did that one take he said i think we got it good idea i said that's it and he's like perfect you nailed it <laughs> So, so they took a couple of This reminds notes. me of the Andy Griffith episode where they kept lowering the microphone for Barney. so embarrassing. So look, there's like... From trash to... <laughs> treasure. Treasure. Yeah, so look, there was like two notes that I got right out of the whole song the first time. So there's twice in there you hear me singing. I got it right. The rest of the time, I'm like, baby, I'm telling you. Cold. <laughs> oh, I laugh every and time so, I hear it because it's. Uh, I knew the story, but it makes it. It yeah, makes it, it funny. Was, it was. I'm not even sure why we were talking. Oh, I was. I was saying. To, but when I formed the worship team, missing our arguing because I said, "Look," she's like, "No, let me handle this." I was like, "No," I said, "Here, here's what you're not listening." I said, "What we need is a group of feet washers who hopefully can sing." Because I said, we're going to be changing some things. It's going to be uncomfortable. So, you know, we're, we were trying to really make some changes in how we worship and how we sing. And, and you yeah. saw that. Oh, yeah. I, and I was thinking, we need as few of ego, you know, maniac, real opinionated. <laughs> we need as few of those as possible. I said, don't go for God given talent. And this was the line that I used. I said, don't go after the, the most talented, the most God given talent. I said, go after those who have been God-inspired, and they're feet washers who, who love people and want to be involved. And, that, and that's what we did. She said, I agree with you. And so we our little 
True. Who we got to be really close to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we weren't making judgments on them. We just had seen their lives and their attitude, and we're like feet washer, feet washer. And so uh, that's why it was so smooth. Yeah. I mean, because everybody came, and I, and I really, the reason I'm bringing that up, just think about our church leaderships and our churches as a whole. If everybody had that attitude, what more would be done? Yeah. I mean, it would be fantastic if everybody's saying, no, let me wash your feet. No, let me wash your feet. With the ideas and what we're going to do, it, I just think And it's I thought the way you guys built it was great because you basically pulled everybody together. They they called, it was a class. They started off and they called the Holy Roar, and then Jace was teaching mm-hmm. you know, the Bible with that idea that we, you know, this whole thing is about us being like Christ. And where it really showed up to me, it wasn't just the upfront stuff y'all did, but when the pandemic hit, all of a sudden we got, like, what are we going to do about you know, we want to be able to worship with our church fan, but we're spread out all over the parish. And so we filmed some videos with that group. Oh, yeah. And it's still one of my favorite things. The same studio, we we did all the stuff for the Christmas album, and they're in there singing, and they just said, let's just go worship. And we recorded all those sessions, and then we were yeah. able to show those with our preaching. And so it just felt like we kept our unity of our church, yeah. you know, during a hard time. So well, was, what we did was, and I'm because I'm sure people ask questions, we didn't go to, you know, from Acts to Revelation and say, you know, what is the, you know, because he says there's three three things when you worship in Ephesians, you you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You know, we didn't, I would mention that, and I would teach on that, the difference in those types of, of music and, and how you sing. What we focused on was the four Gospels where all these spontaneous moments of worship happen where they saw something awesome that jesus did and then it says you know like when jesus walked on the water and they're like what then they fell down and worshiped so we would try to have the sermon jesus centered and have a spontaneous planned worship experience from that that was not normal you know where the audience was like they didn't know what's coming next I mean, and all kinds of right. music. So, and I really think it worked. I mean, it was it, it was it was a really, was really good adventure. Good. We're out of time. Uh, don't forget Jesus Politics. Uh, check that out. Amazon. Do, give us some uh, reviews on there so we can keep pushing that out as well, uh, especially in this current uh, time we're living in. So, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes, and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.